0: Good evening and a warm welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to tonight's edition of Springboard, your virtual university. Thank you for joining us on your favorite leadership and personal development show. This is the platform where your personal values are enriched on a weekly basis. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. The broadcast is made possible by the kind courtesy of leading brands in Ghana, totally and absolutely committed to the development of the nation's human capital. Springboard, want to say a big thank you to... Our partners on this project, MTN, MTN, Pulse, Just Be, the Enterprise Group, Enterprise, Your Advantage, UMB Bank, UMB Speed Up, Digibank, Let's Go, and Access Pension Trust, your reliable partner in pensions. A big thank you to our print media partner, The Graphic Business, and thank you to you all for joining us here on Joy FM and also on Facebook. My name is Albert Okran, and I'm here with the virtual academic board, chaired by comfort with matthew priscilla david amos jojo and emmanuel supporting my question for tonight how adaptable are you in a fast changing world how flexible how adaptable are you in a fast changing world in our data skin segment amos will show you why companies are folding up earlier than they used to because of guess what Find out when Amos comes up with a data scheme segment. In our Game Changer segment, Jojo will tell you why. About a hawker in Nigeria who went through a number of transitions by the power of networking to become a mega business owner. Another clear example of flexibility. Stay tuned for the Game Changer. But what's on our plate for tonight? Our focus for the year 2020 is... Preparing for the future and across all springboard platforms, that is the message. Prepare for the future. Start with your plan for the next decade, 2020-2030. to 2030. And yesterday at CCC in Kumasi, the official workbook for the road show, the workbook for 2020-2030 to 2030 was released at the springboard event in Kumasi. Thank you to... MTN, Enterprise Group, and UMB for making it happen at Kumasi. Thank you to Reverend Ransford of being in CCC for hosting us in that beautiful auditorium. Thanks especially to our speakers, Joanna Kwakwa, a and of course, working together with Comfort and I to make it a great experience for our participants. The next stop is the University of Cape Coast on the 7th of March, Saturday, the 7th of March, and of course, the Global Convocation On saturday the 21st of march 2020 here in accra so hebrews 13 verse 8 says jesus christ the same yesterday today and forever but the world of work is not the same tonight we discuss the past the present and even predict the future of work if you know somebody you truly care about, get them to tune in tonight because i have having the sh- in the studios to help us break down this subject. First, Chris Diaba, leadership facilitator for West Africa for the Standard Chartered Bank. Chris, good to see you and welcome, Springboard.
1: Thank you very much, Albert. All
0: right, so we'll break down the past, the present, and the future. Our Springboard event on Saturday was preceded by the usual pre-Springboard Entrepreneurial Clinic at KNUST. And our guest for that one for this year was Senor Hossi, the CEO of the Chamber of Bulk Oil Distributors. Senor, welcome to
2: Springboard. Thank you. How was Kumasi? It was fantastic. I really loved my coffee. Oh, no, let's not talk about the coffee. <laughs> no, the, co- the coffee. <laughs> the Kumasi coffee. Yeah, I beg you. It's so <laughs> <shame>. <laughs> Let's not go that way, actually. But 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 it was it was just a beautiful experience. It was it was it was really 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 great um, having the privilege to impact um, the future generation. I think it's is a privilege, and I was honored to have been there. We owe it to them to make drive them right and make their future much brighter. I, I, I think what struck you the inspiring. most about the interaction with them. Um, one, they were eager to know. Mm-hmm. It's quite red. These days, but the place was pretty packed, and everybody was eager to know. They asked questions, and everybody was eager to write down answers. It was not just a need to pass through. No, people really came for solutions to things that really were bothering them. And and, and, I, I think, and, it was and I think and we need to give this. Comfort generation. did a great job.
0: Excellent. I think we need to give more credit to to the imagined core of this generation because. I've seen them sit down five hours writing, asking questions, and engaging without playing with their phones, without hanging out on the on the balcony and 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 that part of the story sometimes doesn't get told Not at all. how determined some are to make progress. but tonight you're talking about the world of work. I went to first year in nineteen eighty seven Commonwealth Hall, University of Ghana. And I recall that in that year when i received my first one they used to call it bangla pocket money the university gave us pocket money every two weeks
2: yeah.
0: and when they give me my first bangla i was like what for he said, "Oh yeah it's yours that does it pocket money and then i said oh and every day at 10 o'clock we'll go and drink <laughs> the coffee not water coffee <laughs> <laughs> tea or coffee and i felt it was a very wonderful world and then our seniors said to us, oh, but you guys, you are just drinking the dregs. What we came to meet was a period when the best student for every faculty, especially business economics, the, the, the business-oriented faculties, ended up not just with a job, but with a car on graduation day. We were like, whoa, take us back. <laughs> well, but literally, it was almost like we were thinking it was great. Then we were told the generation before us had an even better time. But I I look at it and I realize that somehow it was almost guaranteed that my economics class, graduating class, literally wholesale, all ended up in the bank, the banking class all ended up in the bank with, without disrespect, very little effort. That was the past of jobs. We're going to pull from there to the present of jobs and to the future of Of jobs. jobs. Let me
2: start with you, senor. The picture I paint as the past of jobs is it exaggerated or that is the reality? No, not at all. I think I I did recall some conversation I had with my former registrar, A.T. Kono. Good evening, wherever you are. He told me in his time to enter university, he needed two E's. You just needed two E's after mm-hmm. A's, two E's to enter university. Just pass to so No, just just all it is two E's out of you used to write three or four papers. Two E's. Two e's. Two e's. Two e's. Two e's. Uh, That won't happen today. By the time you are done with school, you actually have a job waiting for you. A lot of people are eager to hire you. So employment was not too much a problem, but you can also situate that in the economic circumstance of the country at the time. I mean, we're a new country significantly. We needed the right human resource. Um, The former um, kind of education required to sustain uh, the bureaucracy at the time um what's going to come from the universities so you were largely guaranteed but things evolved and you remember uh, we were also told back then they could actually go on strike for having too much chicken yeah yeah you know you can't <laughs> when i tell when i tell the you today things like that happened uh the cringe and they shock and you were privileged to get some uh, two yeah. weeks stipend uh we didn't in Very my helpful. time but in my time, I could see my seniors graduate and get into management training programs, right. um, lower-level management programs. When I also graduated, um, my colleagues would now go and do, uh, respectfully, uh, what used to be the HND grads' uh, jobs. So they got into tellers, into banks, um, at low levels, call centers. And then you also saw the HND grads also have much lower opportunities as, as you go back. today and the story is quite different and i i, I tried to recap an encounter i had um, at church when i was accosted by two young guys graduates i mean not graduates they were students in the university and they they told me that mr jose i didn't know them and they had just followed my earlier submissions on education and they, they they tend to agree with a lot of my concerns but their biggest problem is that of fear is that when they graduate they would be unemployed they see their seniors and they see most of them largely unemployed. And unemployment has now become the norm, and employment the exception. And that was the perturbation of these young guys. I cringed and my heart sank How did we miss the plot so much so that mm. our future generation build that sense of hopelessness? And that's the point we'll be answering very shortly. I want, to, I want to assure our listeners that
0: today's show will spend much more time on the solution Absolutely. than the problem. Let me come to you, Chris. For somebody who's in, in, in learning, organizational learning, for somebody who's all your life has been around the subject of developing people, juxtapose the past um, against the present in terms of the world of work.
1: Thank you, uh, Reverend okay. A number of interesting things come up here. So you talked about your experience when you were in university and about to finish and Senor has talked about even his uh, period, compare that to now, where there seems to be a, a bigger kind of supply with regards to university graduates versus the amount of work that's available. And the dynamics have changed. The dynamics have changed in the sense that now you'd find that there are a lot more people who have degrees than available work. On top of that, is the scenario where a lot of the learning that people are getting in their formal educational setting doesn't seem to quite meet the requirements of the job market. So a lot of employers will struggle to find right talent immediately from the formal education, if you like, the formal tertiary space. And therefore, many times when they come in, you would have to either sift through or in addition to that, develop them further to be able to fit the world of work. I I recall that in one of the places I've worked, out of the so many people who were graduates who had come in and had had applied, less than 10% seemed to be fit for the, the job roles that were available. So that's what's happened with regards to the work environment as we have now. Not getting ahead of myself, the scenario about the future of work makes it even more interesting. And I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit.
0: Actually, I want us to steer this around how the, we've, we've brought ourselves from the past into the present. I want us to examine the competitive pressures of the present. So let me start from a job that became available in the financial services space. And a very interesting conversation between a CEO and the executive who was in charge of the recruitment for that particular project on a Friday just reminded him and said, You should have put the advert in the newspaper. He says, sir, I forgot. He says, But it would have come out on Monday if you had put it in today. He says, I apologize, sir. So what do we do? He says, Let me put it out on social media. And by Monday, there were 4,000 applicants, Mm. much more than they needed. And so there was no need to put the the, the advert in the newspaper again because it was oversubscribed. But to make it even worse, the fact that the job that was being offered, people were offering themselves from Asia, from Africa, and they were willing to take much lower rates than were even on offer here in Ghana. Mm. What does that say about the competitive dynamic,
1: Chris? (laughs) He actually makes the point very strongly. And the dynamics has to do with, one, what technology has done to our world. And the scenario is that if in the past we thought that we're competing with only people around us in Accra and a few people from the remote areas of outside Accra, so maybe the big cities, Kumasi, Accra, who possibly will see the newspaper on the day it was released. It's no longer the case. There are a lot more channels by which people can access job opportunities. And so the scenario you're painting is very, very much the case. And technology creates the situation where people can reach out for job opportunities from all over the world. And this could include, for example, Ghanaians who are outside, who are prepared to come home and work as a job. But technology is taking it to the next level. And as I was looking, I've, I've been playing around the topic of future of work for a while, and one of the leaders of predicting the future of work said that employment is no longer something we do it is something that we choose so the whole idea that I am unemployed is in itself something that's passed so you choose to be employed and that's what he said and, and,
0: and would you say by extension that you also choose to be unemployed
1: yes Yeah. And and so I was coming to the point that as a result of that, I began to ask myself, doesn't that mean that unemployment now becomes a choice we make? Because work is gradually being removed from the corporate space. What that means is that companies no longer can have a hold on employment. There are people who you would consider to be working for you who are not on your balance sheet. Who you not list as your full time staff.
0: Right. Let me come to Senor, on this another aspect of this which is very key to this discussion, the fact that the the job that was being discussed was literally a soliciting job going around trying to open accounts. Like it, it wasn't even it wasn't even full time regular, it was just contract people to go around soliciting for accounts and in there where the MBA holders, master's holders, happy to do it. What the, the excess supply situation, I want you to speak to the angle of people with higher
2: degrees happy to take a job that typically you'd have said was for somebody way below that level. I think the first thing everybody must understand, you don't go and um, take on some course simply because you think that it will entitle you mm. to any senior management place. It will entitle you to promotion. Corporates are are moving on. They're investing more in the value that's being delivered. So if you come back with an MBA finance and you, with the opportunities that exist around the current employment, you can't bring that constructively to bear on the progress of the company. Forget it. You don't just get your promotion just because of that. So there are challenges in the market. So if you're going to go out there, it, it really affirms the supply problem. But more importantly, I'm happy to see an MBA guy willing to go down and start showing his value. Because if you have an MBA, you're going to do sales. And you have an MBA in sales, you should be able to do sales better than there's the degree person who is doing sales. But if you go down there and the guy is going to beat you to the sales, your MBA, where did it A? So value has become the focus. And that's why I keep telling students that stop learning to pass exams. Time has moved. You must learn to know. And you must also learn how to know. You need to apply what you do. I was speaking to one of the HR managers, one of the big-time hotels here, the chains here. And interns from university come in, and simple uh, there's, a, there's some appraisal that's going on, and then a test that they have to take. And they asked them a simple question. For the course that you are doing in school, how will this internship positively impact your learning? He said about 80% of the people could really not answer anything. They couldn't. They had no idea. So they were just going to do an internship because an internship is supposed to be done. So people must realize that focus must be on the value you are going to deliver. So when you go to school, you are supposed to be filled with enough capacity to deliver superior value. So at any opportunity you have... If it just means going to solicit, do it with some swag and style. That makes you stand out and possibly you now become the manager of the group of people who end up doing that. But if it becomes the same, no point. 23 minutes
0: past the hour of, of 7 o'clock. This is Springboard, your virtual university. We are looking at the the past, the present and the future of work and one of the most important areas of our interest is what can an individual listening to Springboard tonight do to stand out from the competition and make yourself relevant and also give yourself an advantage in your career that will last for a long time. So let's, let's break that down, Chris obviously if a person is listening to springboard they're not not listening to be reminded of how bad the situation is or not listening to be reminded of how little they are doing um, about their situation they want to know what must they do and that is why they are listening tonight if I painted a generic generic scenario somebody standing in front of you saying listen I am willing to pay the price I am willing to do what it takes tell me what should I do what would be your, your, your advice to that person
1: My first advice would be in the form of a question. Right. And the question is, what problem do you want to solve? Yes. That's a shift from what position do you want to hold or how much money do you want to make on your job. It's more focused on where do you find purpose in what you have, who you are, versus what we need to meet that is a big disconnect we're dealing with so first of all what problem do you want to solve secondly what do you know about the solutions regarding the problems you want to solve what has been done already and truth is that there are a lot of problems we have around us today that is significantly needing solutions Technology gives us a lot of opportunity to solve those problems. Secondly, or beyond that, you'd also find that for the problem you're trying to solve, there's no use going solo. So the Internet becomes your latest university. What opportunities can you get from the Internet with regards to the solutions you're thinking about? Um, Senor talked about people who are... Going for degrees for one reason or the other, and the idea is more around when I get the degree, it will lead to a promotion. Consider, for example, almost everything you want to learn. If you do a search on YouTube, you'd find some view and step by step dimension around the solutions to those problems. So, one, you begin to explore what problems you want to solve, two, Begin to look at what possible solutions to people or have people done that you can learn from. Three is the point of value okay, what value can you add? And so, when you begin to answer these questions, you're on the journey to finding where you can plug yourself into the bigger picture.
0: All right, let me summarize your thoughts so far. You, you actually give us four. The okay. first one is ask yourself what problem you want to solve Mm -hmm. secondly ask yourself what do you know about the solution to the problem that you are trying to solve what have others done what work what breakthrough ideas have others generated around the problem you are trying to solve Mm Um, the third one is what opportunities can you get from self-learning because you talked about YouTube, you talked about yeah. the going online. Of course, you should have other springboard of <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But what you're saying is that beyond the regular curriculum, find other ways that you can learn, develop yourself. Is that correct? Yes. And then the final one is what value can you create or generate yourself yes. in connection with the problem you're trying to solve? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you further. When you talk about the problem you are trying to solve, how do you know? Somebody says, I, I really don't know. I mean, in, in, in using the workbook, um, Akumase, on Saturday, helping people to plan for the future, one of the questions that we asked in this workbook is, um, what is unique about yourself? What is your unique selling proposition? What, what makes you different from others who hold the same degree, who are similar to you? And somebody made an honest submission. She says, I don't know what makes me unique. I think I'm just like everybody else. Yeah what what answer would you give to the person who says i don't know what problem i'm trying to solve
1: interesting um my my answer to them will be try your hands at everything and anything when i started my journey in terms of leadership facilitation one of my coaches said to me everybody who
2: gives you, you. You had a coach?
1: Yes, I did. That's in fact, I had a number of coaches. Right. And
2: That's all you do you get to, you get to work in a bourgeois company.
1: Saying <laughs> <laughs> so, so your point of correction, this was not in the company. <laughs> and they said to me every time somebody offers you an opportunity to train or facilitate, even if you don't know it, take it. When you take it, go and research, go and study go and do your background work. And so my my response to this person who says, I don't know, is that try your hands. Try your hands on as many things as you can find. Volunteer for a lot of things. The more you volunteer, the more you find those ones that attract your passion, the more you find those ones that are In the area where you can say you feel stronger, you have more strength.
0: I'm going to come back to you because I want to. I want to compile a compendium of thoughts from the two of you that I can literally put out there and say these are the top ten things that my friends are saying. Every emerging leader must work with as your work list.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: And and so you just let me swing to Senor Senor. So imagine that in the various engagements that you get to have with emerging leaders. Um, two of them just walked up to you and said, Well, we'll tell you our background, but for status, what should we do to make ourselves stand out? Let's start with this audience of let's say 2,000 people in the Great Hall University. Yeah. Obviously, we would like to stand out. What must we do
2: to be different from those who are all around us? What would you say? Well, I, I need. The first thing I, I, with, with the K N U S D guys, I actually put up um, a model which I represented it and I called it the spike height. Your viability, especially for the benefit of those, so this spike this, this, this is S P Y E, for for your viability, uh, employment viability or economic viability. I find there's four key factors in there: the social cultural factors. This in summary will be referring to your attitudes, your values, and your broad world views that actually shape shape how, how you go about your things. It could be influenced by your upbringing, your religious beliefs, your social norms, your social experiences, etc. Your policy issues that has to do with the broader governance and economic space and its ability to stimulate employment opportunities or opportunities to stimulate your economic viability. Then there's the you factor, which is simply you, your own resolve, your commitment to win and your worth your 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 to thrive. And um, the E is your education. That will be looking at more of your technical skills, your educational skills, and um, I mean, generally the formal education you have. Um, when all these things are naturally in place, you're fine. You're likely going to get a job easily, or you can, you can be economically viable. But I don't think that in our case we have that situation. So, I, like I said to the student, you need to now own your own kite, your own viability kite. You need to own it. So you need to first identify for yourself with engagements like Springboard and um, other other sources the right attitudes to win. I give them a few. I give them my own view of what the list should be. Then what education do I need? I don't need to wait for my university, my school, my technical invest, my polytechnic to give me the skills I need. Because in this world, you're going to have to live your life and you have to win on your own. In the real world, your teacher will not be there. So whatever he failed to do or did not fail to do will not be an excuse for you to win or, 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 or lose. You just have to make sure you equip yourself right. I didn't go to a tier one school. So I won't say because I didn't get teachers as great as the Bochew people, I go to university, um, it's okay for me to pass with the third class. Forget it. It ain't going to happen. So you need to own your own kite. The U factor is the most important thing. One, believe in yourself. Know that out of value begets value. So don't think low of yourself. You are capable of competing and you're capable of winning. You need to find your space. Avail yourself in that process. To avail yourself also comes with the attitudes that you have. Uh, For example, most people are sitting at home doing nothing. Why don't you just walk across to the closest company and just offer to actually work for almost free? Mm -hmm. Practically for free. You are better off in that process. You learn a lot of things. So for me, one, own your kite. And that kite starts with you at the center. You trusting and believing you can and investing right in the education, in the cultural skills that are required. If in Ghana people take lateness as normal, don't tell yourself you are taking lateness as normal. Because today you are not competing with just the Ghana people. You are competing with the world. Just in case people don't know, a lot of the signature architectural work that goes on in Ghana is done by foreign uh, uh, architects. And we have Ghanaian architects signing off. So the competition is already here. It's not just with the Filipinos who are certain things. It even has helps now. There's competition yeah. from from the from the Philippines. Let me let me bring you some perspective. I mean.
0: I I was speaking to people in construction and I was made to understand that for some time now, when it comes to POP, when it comes to certain aspects of construction, the Togolese will not give the Ghanaians any chance because they are the best at what they do and they are cheaper. And and, and, and the part somebody added that was very interesting is that from some nationalities, when they come to work in Ghana, they just don't need any funeral, they they don't have any family responsibility, they just need a small room. On the site, the factory site, and they don't go anywhere. They work day and night, yeah. so it's but cheaper. You are
2: competing with them,
0: and you are competing with them. Let me let me break down your kite, and then I'm going to take a brief commercial break. When I come back, I'm going to put together our, uh, our learnings so far, and then help our listeners tonight to be able to draw their own blueprint and see, okay, out of these eight points so far. I'll pick these two and start from today because really it's not about how you feel, it's about what you do after listening tonight. Yes, so Senya has given us four areas that we must be looking out for. He calls them your spy, S P Y E, the sociocultural. Develop your own model. He says, even if all around you the people are getting it wrong, define your own values that will guide your life. Secondly, he's talking about policy issues. He says it may not be favorable all around you, but I I want to believe that, Señor, even an awareness of what is available will help. Let Let me tell you about one person we'll bring to the studios one of these days, somebody who just... Jumped onto planting for food and jobs, and this the demand for local rice. And a student, fresh student, has grown 500 acres. You understand rice very well, and we'll talk about that very shortly. But I'm sure his colleagues are still looking, and he's grown 500 acres of rice. And it's the same policy framework that we are talking about. Let, let me, let me. Then you said the U fa- the, 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 Let me jump to education before I come yeah. to the U because I want to end with the U. Yeah. Education. You are saying that that is your technical orientation. You are saying that people should look at self-education. Your lecturer will not be your lecturer will not be in the workplace with you. So whatever they've given you, thank God for it. But add on what you require to get to where you want to get in life. And the so fourth God one you. is the U factor. And for me, that's the, the most beautiful one. It says, believe in yourself. Take responsibility for your life and don't look at anyone else. Just keep driving and keep running till you get to where you want to get to. I want to compile these um, before the show ends and give it to you in a way that you can work with. But tonight, this springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy Enjoy 99.7 FM. We are grateful for the support of MTN, MTN Pulse Just Be. want to thank umb bank umb speed up diggy bank let's go want to thank the enterprise group the enterprise advantage is what made the young man lie on the floor on the stage at, at, at CCC yesterday, he, the man just laid down the floor. Muhammad Hanafi, he says, Charlie, the enterprise advantage, let him do all. It was just beautiful. That is the enterprise advantage. Axis Pension Trust says they are a reliable partner in pensions. When I come back from this break, we're going to find out what is step one, what is step two, and what is step three in a competitive framework where there are 50 people and they are looking for three. How do you ensure that even if it is two, you'll be one of them? Please don't go away. Was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people. Service, products, and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we're poised to make a difference not only with our customers but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. (laughs) Hey you Ah, chance not you. Go be Star <laughs> one two zero star one hash. Nabaka MTN resume love you, and Every use number. Two we twenty thousand. i five S phone come test it. Now come money S phone. MC Andre's Ullabu Provo New Year New Food New Retold We are good together We're there for you Everywhere you go It is 21 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock And this is Springboard, your virtual university If you have been listening tonight, we've been talking about the past and the present of work and we have jumped straight into the future of work and trying to distill some of the pressures that are beginning to find themselves in the present. I'm going to go for our data skin segment. When I come, I'm going to situate the points that have been shared so far in the future of work and show you why it is even more urgent, more pressing, more non-negotiable than you think. But to make it even worse, we'll we'll look at how, um, they say, when your neighbor's beard begins to burn, put a bucket of water beside you. They used to say it was a cup of water, but this kind of fire, you need a bucket or probably a fire extinguisher. So we'll find out why those who are even in employment must think again, and then we'll find out the entrepreneurial angle. By the way, why do you always think you must work means find a job? Have you considered what you can do? as A business person, we're going to explore that also with Senor and Chris Diaba. But let me go for uh, data is king segment and look at flexibility. Is that I did geography, so I must become a what? Geographer, I did economics, so I must become an economist, I did banking, so I must get a banking job. Charlie, the thing has changed.
3: It was what do you have for, for today. The Data is King segment provides credible data for decision-making, analysis, and prediction. Our statistic of the day is adaptability and excellence. The World Economic Forum, in its job report for 2016, shares perspectives on what skills are required for the present future 2020 and beyond. The 10th in its list of 10 critical skills was cognitive flexibility. This means you must be adaptable. Adaptability is a hallmark of people and companies that excel. A Forbes article shows that only 12% of companies on the Fortune 500 list in 1955 remained on the list by 2014. <coughs> During the last 50 years, the life expectancy ...of a Fortune 500 firm has declined from 75 years to 15 years and still declining. Companies are sinking because they fail to ask the right questions... ...or are unwilling to implement the necessary solution. So our question to our audience this evening is... ...do you have an alternative plan if necessary to help you achieve your objectives
0: plan a plan b plan c <laughs> when they when you suddenly realize that the, the road construction that they did the road has passed is passed above your pharmacy like some pharmacy that i remember pao it was so beautiful so it was an action place pao it was just a road the road just went above and that was it and that
1: was it yeah
0: or even on the run at Legon. Oh, 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 thank you very much it was one of the favorite hangouts mm-hmm. was so much activity mm-hmm. then the road went below it try the road can pass above or below and yeah. then suddenly Charlie, the yeah. whole world has changed yeah. all right so flexibility so you are saying that the companies are living shorter than they used to and it's because when things change we are not able to respond can we juxtapose this against individuals sometimes just not being able to respond to a changing dynamic and suddenly finding themselves Cut out in the code, senor. Uh,
2: flexibility is the key difference between policy success, individual success, and failures. Mm. It has always been... Say that again. I say flexibility has been the defining factor between policy, fa- uh, uh, well, policy success and policy failures, individual um, success and individual failures. Flexibility has always been at the heart of everything. You can't be rigid about anything. And One of the things I was telling a student, don't overplan Plan well. Don't spend too long in trying to start. Because over analysis will end up with paralysis. Your assumptions at the time you start is off. And then you now have to be flexible. If you're not flexible, forget it. One of the things that our students should, should, everybody should understand, and I want to go back to your geography thing with your permission. The fact that you studied geography or economics doesn't mean that you're going to come out and be doing geography or economics or you end up being a pilot because you did geography no no not at all when you're in school you are trained to think you are trained to be analytical you are supposed to be trained to be a critical thinker you should be able to make decisions judgments these are part of the things that the world economic forum has been talking about right so if you go and you apply yourself in a rote fashion you miss out on every one of these okay. that's why at the bbc you can find people who just did classics and they're running something else you actually go to major trading floors all right in the u.s oil trading floors financial trading floors and the guy did nothing in finance mm-hmm. he did nothing in finance It maybe did some psychology, did some sociology, did something else. So the key things you should get out of your education is your creativity, your ability to think, your critical thinking, all right, and your ability to make sound judgments. That's why cognitive flexibility is important because you should be open, open to new, new thinking at every point in time. Actually, that's
0: the tenth, the tenth in the list from the World Economic Forum. Yes. That is, cognitive flexibility is my favorite of all the ten for reasons similar to what you just gave. But Chris, let me sp- speak to this new trend, especially in the U.S., where high-profile companies come out boldly to say, you know what, we don't even care about a degree anymore. Mm-hmm. This this emergent development, what does it say about the relevance of education vis-à-vis what companies seem to be looking for?
1: yes um it's it's a trend that has gone beyond the us it's coming to a part of town even quickly to add to what has been said with regards to the research the research is even showing that even CEOs term as CEOs has reduced averagely to to about three years or less and the point around having a degree before you can enter into the workplace has become a known issue now in a lot of places because first of all we are realizing that within a particular period of time knowledge just doubles so ibm is saying that every 18 hours and i found that frightening every 18 hours the knowledge doubles now in the past we used to think it was three years
0: yes every three years yes, yes.
1: Now, it's got to the point where it's every 18 hours, the knowledge doubles. So somebody's come from doing four years in a degree. By the time they show up in the workplace, what they did in the the university is almost archaic or outdated. (laughs) And therefore, your ability to apply becomes more significant. And we're finding that what we used to consider as talent in the past is no longer talent today. Yes. And so... The degree therefore no longer guarantees you access. It is back to the question of what value can you present to the particular work at hand. It
0: is thirteen minutes to the hour of eight o'clock. When I come back to my guests, I'm going to ask them to give you two tips from their heart as their gift to you in this month of love. But let me tell you what I'm learning so far. But before that, I'll I'll say that Interestingly, in all these conversations that have been taking place, um, it sounds sometimes almost like doomsday, doomsday discussions aimed at making people feel bad. But I remember very well about seven years ago at the Accra International Conference Center, a woman walks up to me with her husband and says, thank you, Rev, thank you so much. And I said, what for? She says, a year ago I came to the Festival of Ideas and when you were talking I felt very angry. I felt angry because I felt, Charlie, it's a hustle, we're not getting the jobs and you just keep saying that there's something we should do differently no matter how tough things are. So after listening to you, the next week I prepare, find out about this organization, I find out everything about them, the name of the CEO, I find out their office layout, I find out the culture, the language, and I walk straight to the front desk and I say, I'm here to see. I don't want to mention the company. It's a bank. But I'm, I walk to the front desk and I say, I'm here to see Mr. hossie That's the CEO's name. And the confidence with which he said it with his case suit and straight face, the receptionist at the front desk assumed that Mr. hossie is expecting her. So she says, 10th floor. So she beats Immigration One, gets to the 10th floor. And when she enters the 10th floor, she says, Mr. hossie She didn't even say, I'm here to see Mr. hossie the second receptionist at the 10th floor says, he'll be with you shortly say, in the meeting. Can I send you something? She says, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's,
2: she's reminding me No, 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 me. no,
0: Charlie, I'm fine. No coffee, nothing, I'm fine. But long and short, Mr. Hossi comes out and says, come in, sorry to keep you waiting, but she's not, she's, she, she doesn't even have an appointment. She enters the office and she says, you don't know me, but you need me. There's something I can do for you that will add value to this organization. If you give me a chance, you won't regret. But the good news is that you have too much to try me. If you don't like what you get, send me away. And you don't even have to pay me. I just want this job. The man looks at her in shock and calls the head of HR. <laughs> says, this is what we've we'll been looking for. Before. And a year later when she met me, she was fully ensconced in the organization. And she came to say thank you with her husband. These things you are talking about, they work. Yes. Just daring to be different and putting in the extra effort, it works senor before i share the the things i've learned from the show let me ask you you, i want to give you a a couple of minutes to tell me about that amazing rice melon project in adaklu the one that the president came to look at and you give a speech (laughs) tell tell me about that (laughs) just so that people can uh, understand appreciate that it's not just about it's not just about looking for a job you also can
2: venture to start something and employ other people, senior. Yeah, but okay. So uh, that project is a is a tripartite undertaking. There are three different things. We have an agro um, processing business, an agriculture business, and also an agritourism business. And the h- entire project is designed to engage about 2,500 um, of, of Ghana's workforce. It is driven by a philosophy I built in my economics class. That, um, you know, you. you, you, you so d- go and give you a, a course lecture something? Uh, yeah, yeah. It has to go a government, but rural, of course. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, she, did, she did a good job. I mean, bottom line, for every economy, you cannot optimize your potential unless you fully engage the labor force. All right, the productive labor force. The challenge you have in Ghana is that a lot of us are semi literates, but we don't want to accept it, but that's the fact. So, the, the skills are not there. You need to f- identify the optimal industry that can actually now draw a lot more people into the production function. And that, for me, is agriculture and tourism. It is part of my responsibility to give back to society the blessings God has graced me with, one knowledge and then some resources in a network. It must be put to use for the benefit of a lot more people. And we hope to replicate similar models um, across districts in Ghana. So we call the business a social enterprise. All right. And um, uh, hopefully we should be able to get it off. It's a whole lot of project, but we'll discuss it again. Social enterprise, but it must make profits. No, no, no. Social enterprises, just get everybody to understand this, they are profit-making bodies, just like every corporate. Right. But the whole idea is not to keep paying dividends. It's to keep reinvesting and engaging and having a lot more economic and social impact. That's what it is. So we are looking for money A to Z. Because that's the only way to make the project sustainable. Talking about 80Z, yeah,
0: But go, go to my Facebook page but, and find out the 80Z of preparing for the future. That was the message I gave. It, it's
2: my it's my uh, bread story that would have actually been a lot more constructive for 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 the youth looking for job. When I come back, we will talk about that one. But let me go to um, the game
4: changer segment put together by Jojo Okran. Please don't go away. How does a hawker who arrived in Lagos with just a thousand naira? end up earning over a million naira every month in just four years. Like me, you probably guessed that he went back to school to learn new skills. Chinadu Okrafor, the hawker in question, had other ideas. In the first six months, he diligently studied the Lagos market. He soon found the best traffic spots and actually discovered one that tripled his sales. But the real turning point for Chinadu came when he visited his village where his story spread like wildfire. He returned to Lagos with 12 young men eager to emulate his model. He would buy in bulk and sell to his team, making a 30% margin. He also took care of them, providing dinner and a place to sleep. Two years later, Chinadu had over 100 young men and women buying goods from him every week. This week, our game changer is the Network Effect. The network effect occurs when an increase in the number of users makes a product inherently more valuable. As Chinadu's team grew, managers from multinationals began to seek him out whenever they needed to boost sales quickly or to introduce new products. Because of his distribution network, the very same companies Chinadu used to buy from started to chase him with crazy discounts, and he became a millionaire in the process. So how do we create network effects in our own businesses? Step one, meet and eat. Chinadu served hundreds of unemployed village youth looking for jobs. Step two, be unique. Unlike a traditional distributor, Chinadu has intimate knowledge of what sells in traffic and where to sell it. Step three, prioritize the customer experience. Chinadu provided food and shelter for each member of his team. Buzzfeed CEO Jonah Peretti put it best. A creative idea plus a fresh network is the fastest way to go from zero to millions. This week, let us harness the power of networks to exponentially grow our businesses. This has been The Game Changer with Jojo O'Cran. Have a phenomenal week indeed have a phenomenal
0: weekend let me come to my learnings from our discussions for today if you joined us from the beginning it's been a journey trying to unpack the past the present and the future when i come back i'm going to give my my guests one minute each to give us their closing thoughts but my first learning what problem are you trying to solve or do you want to solve if you want to stand out from the competition ask yourself what is it that excites you what is it that annoys you what is it that gives you goosebumps what is it that makes you feel that this is what i was born to do so number one what problem are you trying to solve number two what do you know about things others have done to solve that same problem because for you to be unique you must find out what have others done what can i do differently or how can i better what they've done already number three how do you leverage self-learning how do you improve yourself by self learning? What opportunities can you get from self learning? That's the third one. The fourth one, what value can you create? What value can you create? And that is the fourth point. And these four came from Chris Diaba. And then the fifth point came from Senor Jose, who says, The sociocultural environment may not be suitable, but define your own values and define your own principles that undergird your life. Number six. The policy framework, you must know what is happening around you and how you can take advantage of it. Number seven is the you factor. Own your own your space, believe in yourself, and value begets value. The eighth point is about education. He says, take responsibility for equipping yourself because your lecturer will not follow you to your office. The ninth point I found was about the fact that flexibility is the defining factor between policy failure and policy success, individual failure and individual success. That came from Senior Hossi. And the tenth and final point was from Chris Diaba, who says from IBM, that every 18 hours, the body of knowledge in the world doubles. That means that between yesterday, midday, thereabouts, one o'clock, two o'clock, and now, the body of knowledge in the internet across the world has doubled where are you in this matrix i hope you found some tools that can help you become a better person chris diaba one minute to wrap up one minute
1: thank you very much first thing i'd like to say is that we've got to learn to take responsibility for our future when we talk about the future of work i, I struggle to talk about the future of work because the future is today so you can't talk about the future of work somewhere far out
2: there it is here
1: it is here and it's with us and the other thing to remember is that if you're going to make a difference in the future which is today you've got to be relevant and so how are you cutting the space for yourself whatever that space is so that you're relevant
0: Right. The future is today, and the big word to take away is relevant. Senor, let me give you a minute and 20 seconds, because I want to hear about the bread story.
2: All right, let me do the bread, hopefully, in 20 seconds. So uh, this was me in school my very first year. We had very difficult economic circumstances as a family. I had to take out my siblings. My parents were not here. And uh, all I had to look for were resources we had. To to turn something around, I had an oven, and I had four ulunga of flour. I had to now develop a recipe. I knew how to mold bread, because my mom was a baker, but I never followed the recipe. And back in the days, you couldn't just do WhatsApp or call easily and try and get, get it from anybody. So I had to now try myself, uh, was methodological about it, noted everything, tried the first two, was a fiasco, but tasting it, I knew where the mistakes were, I got it right. Now I actually had value I had created. To build a business, you need to create value. The next thing is that to run a business, you need to deliver the value. Now, what value, unique value, am I really going to deliver? I can't compete with the big players in town. The only thing I can do that they easily can do is to deliver it fresh, hot in homes within my neighborhood. Wow. And I did that. I go home every Monday. I go home Sunday evenings and do everything. Bake, done on Monday and serve my customers. Do that three times in a week. So I bake on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. From Tuluanka, we moved to. A Full bag of flour, which is about 24 olonka. So, those who know olonka, you know, all right. So, a key thing here was what resources do you have? And this was university university first year, and I was very loud. Person, I go to company, actually sell my bread. We'll be laughing. You are buying my bread, you will pay. All right, and so, so when you come back, we'll break this bread, <laughs> this, this story of but, but, but bread. But that's my 20 seconds. Now let's go to my one minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll break the story of bread down a bit more, and that's the, that's the guarantee that you will come back to the CDA for this discussion again. Come number six to work with Jesus, and it will be a discussion by Pastor mm-hmm. Ransford I will say with Reverend Oscar Seripi. <laughs> Parenting in a digital world. You will love this one. But I've enjoyed Excellent. having Senor Hossi <laughs> and Chris Diabba talking about the, the past, the present and the future work. We'll have this discussion once again. I, tr- I trust that we'll break down that bread and use the bread to tell a full story. Excellent. My Thank name you. is Albert Okran and on behalf of Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, Emmanuel and Jojo and David God bless you. Yeah. God bless you. And God bless Bless
2: you. you.
4: (laughs) Good night, Chris. Good night, senor. Thank you. How do you intend to sustain yourself when you retire? My children will take care of me when I'm retired. (laughs) I am a professional, I can work till 80. Some people leave their retirement to chance. How are you planning yours? Your attitude today can help you avoid struggling to survive when you retire. With 50 Ghana cities monthly investment in the AXIS Pension Plan, you can accumulate 700,000 Ghana cities in 30 years. This investment will guarantee you retirement income that far exceeds your current income. Visit www.axispension.com to sign up or call 0302-543-287 or 0544. 321-966 for details. Access pension trust, your reliable partner in pensions. When you don't have the Enterprise Advantage app, you're not in control.
0: Boss. Yes, I could see. I'm at where they sell the coats. What size do you like? Ah, what coats? Coats, coats, office coats. Ah, I said get me a quote. Quotation from Enterprise. Ah, you... Oh, what, Save yourself from the stress. Take advantage of the Enterprise Advantage app. Make your claims, check statements, request for a quote, and buy a policy from any of our subsidiaries. What's more, you can also get health tips, traffic information, find mechanic shops, and more on your Enterprise Advantage app. Download the Enterprise Advantage app on Google Play and Apple Store now. Here is to 95 years of trust.
4: Enterprise, your advantage.